I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this song. I'm a part of the family, the family of God. Some of you remember that old song from years ago. I want to wish you, especially today, um, this weekend, for you mothers, happy Mother's Day to you. And for those mothers that are in my family, happy Mother's Day to you especially. You know, but on Mother's Day, I want to I want to talk about a little bit bigger topic because it's, it directly fits with what you deal with as a mom and everybody deals with. And that is your three families, your three families, families, as one author said, can be hard, hard, hard. You know, and especially in these recent years, there's been six years of pretty hateful political battles. There are tens of millions of families, maybe even it's true in your family, um, who different members of that family aren't talking to each other anymore. It's been true even in some of my own, my own sibling group and um, with um, different brothers and sisters over one thing or the other. Uh, as a matter of fact, a large survey of, of young adults recently, all college and graduate students at universities in northeastern U.S., found that 17% of those students experienced estrangement from an immediate family member. And most commonly, it was either a mother or a father. And surveying older adults, they found that 12%, that means over 1 in 10, were estranged from a child or their children in general. You know, now it's sad, but um, oftentimes it's adult children that usually have cut off contact with either their parents or, or maybe a sibling. In the case of parents, it's maybe 5 or 6% of parents do this kind of kind of family excommunication. <laughs> and perhaps that's because the parents' perspective, their bond toward those kids is strongest. But after these two and a half years of pandemic, you know, reactions and actions and isolations and disagreements, you know, the death and loss of people, you know, um, Someone said one in five people in the United States know someone who died from COVID. There's a lot of anger going around and people blaming each other. It makes for a tough, tough family stuff. Sometimes it's just because through all of this stuff going on, families, as times change and situations change, they stop meeting together. It seems on Mother's Day, it's really important that we talk about what all you moms are central in creating, and that is family. Now, it's important to see that as we look at life, as we look at what the Bible says, that you are really part of three families. First of all, you're part of the human family. You were created in the image of God, and every single person that comes into this world has the imago Dei, the image of God in them. doesn't matter uh, who they are. They have that. Genesis 1.27 says, And God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And, and James later on tells us, he says, this image of God is part of us being a part of the human family. With it, we bless our Lord, speaking of the tongue. And he's speaking of the tongue. He says, with it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. This is this idea that we all share one thing together. We're all part of the human family. And so much of the time, we kind of can feel bad, like, oh, I wish my family was like this. Or we sometimes think, oh, I wish my family was like somebody else's family that we've idealized. But I just want to tell you something. Every family since Adam and Eve is broken, is got problems. Even in Adam and Eve's family, there was estrangement. Do you remember those first two? They had murder and estrangement. You see... You need to stop being so disappointed in everything in your life and recognize sometimes just being a part of the human family, there's struggles. Even though the beauty and the glory of the image of God is there, there are still these struggles. But then there's also what we're more occupied with, our home family. Nothing, you know, you are occupied. Nothing takes up more space in your life it shapes your life more than the family you grow up in. You know, I think about so many of the things that I really, really love. So many of them. These are from my family. Mountains and fishing and camping and wilderness areas and huckleberry picking and caramel corn being made around the at the old cabin up in the mountains and Later on, you know, as I got a little bit older, snowshoeing and then the love for reading and for books that I got from my mom who read to me um, every night at least and sometimes more. Even a love for a big family, which I, I, I guess I followed through with. Laughing, big gatherings of different kinds of people. I have so many wonderful gifts from my home family, not just from my mom and dad, but from my siblings who taught me lots of stuff and helped me in ways more than I could ever imagine. But along with that, like any family, when I think about it, the most hurtful and painful things I have ever felt came from my home family. It was my home family that didn't on purpose do this, but they were the ones that told me and taught me that real men don't cry as a 10-year-old whose mother had just died of cancer. Essentially, they just said, you stuff your emotions and tough it out. That's what they taught me in that home family. It was my home family where I was shown that money was more important than me, that that progressed throughout life, not just, especially as adults, this whole kind of comparison thing and uh, and the kind of the kind of superiority thing that that rises up oftentimes in families. It was home, my home family, where I was shown that that what I had was way more important than who I was. And it was in my home family that I was shown that if someone hurts you, you simply cut them out of your life. You just get done with them. Now, don't get me wrong, I dearly love all of my siblings, and, I'll, and I will love them to the end, and I've done all that I can to do that. I have three brothers who have passed now, and it is through them that God has had to strip away 
the some of the bad things, some of the training, some of the influences of that home family culture. It's out of that that I've had to learn and practice how to forgive. How to grow up too myself and 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 how to honor people and what honor is. That honor is not a honor is a behavior, it's a way of acting toward people, not a feeling. It is in our home family sometimes where where compassion and comfort should have happened. There was cruelty. It's very hard. It's in our home families where we are most crushed by this. Sometimes even as we go through our lives, we, as we get older, and I remember my dad experiencing this and feeling like he was pretty crushed in some ways from some, from being like basically, um, kind of written off because he was sick and not well. You know, why does this happen? Why is it so hurtful sometimes in our home families? We have high expectations of our families. We do. We really want to be loved. And because you love them, and you really deep down hope you are loved no matter what, you're oftentimes deeply wounded. You know, Jesus had a home family, too. Luke, um, in our study in Luke chapter 8, verse 19, it says, And his mother, Jesus was teaching, there was a big crowd of people, and his mother and his brothers came to him, and they were unable to get to him because of the crowd. And it was reported to him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. Now, I want you to see something here because you have to recognize you're a part of the human family, but you also need to understand how you have to approach your home family. Jesus' response here seems really harsh, he, he, but he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Now, remember, Jesus was perfect, a perfect human being. He, you know, literally he was perfect love. And yet his own home family, they did not understand him. As a matter of fact, they did not accept him. They really didn't love him back. They didn't, certainly didn't trust him, believe in him. He said to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. What we see here with Jesus is something really um, that, that, that counselors and family, family therapists call differentiation. Jesus was able to distinguish himself, to differentiate himself from his family of origin, rather than being just pulled in and doing whatever they wanted and just caving in to whatever that particular family culture for good or bad was. Jesus was able to do that. His home family thought at one point, the Bible tells us, they treated him and acted and talked about him like he was crazy. They tried to control him after he was an adult. <laughs> you see that happens and maybe you tried it. It's not a good... It's, it's not a good look. Jesus, they, his home family thought the perfect son, the perfect human being that they'd grown up with was nuts. 
and treated him that way. They tried to, con- like I said, they tried to control him as an adult. Even at 30 years of age, they were trying to control him. Mark chapter 3.21 says, when, he, when his own people heard of this, they went out to take custody of him. They said, were saying he's lost his senses. And not even his own brothers believed in him. John 7, 5, it says not even his brothers were believing in him. John 7, 5. This is an amazing thing. Though Jesus recognized he was very different from his biological mother and siblings, though he understood that they did not understand him, even though even even understand even though he didn't let them control him here's the thing this is the challenge even though jesus did not cave in to unhealthy demands from his family even though he knew they didn't understand him they didn't believe in him he never wrote them off he never got into that he never went to that place where people very commonly do now as i said They just write off their family. He never wrote them off. It's a hard thing to loyally love your home family, yet learn to break with their brokenness, their wrong beliefs, their dishonoring behaviors. It's a hard thing to loyally love your home family and yet break with their brokenness so that you can be part of that third family. Heavenly family. Yes, you have a human family and you have a home family, but you if you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to follow him, you're going to have that heavenly family. Remember what Jesus said? These are my family, my brothers and my sisters. Jesus differed with his home family and yet he did not write them off. As I said, Jesus cared for his mother to the very end. He told John why he was hanging on the cross. This is going to be true. I want you to take care of her like she was your mom. And mom, I want you to remember, John's going to take care of you just like just like he's your son. Now, it's true that Jesus' brothers came to faith later after the resurrection. But Jesus stood firm, showing how to love his home family, yet hold on to who he was and God's unique plan for his life. He also called you and and I, to be part of something completely new, a new family. He answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. You see, Paul recognized this idea of the new family, that that we as a people, you and I together in our relationship as a church, are a new family. Paul said in Ephesians 3.14, for this reason I kneel my kneel before the Father from whom all from from his from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He's speaking about all those people of faith are like a family. You know, we are to recognize and break with the brokenness of our home families, not excuse them, but not reject them. We are to break And we are to learn and build into our new family, family of God. We learn new values and ways of loving well. 
and measures of success. Somebody one time said, friends are the are the family you choose. But you know what? For the Christian, the church is the family you choose. This is our work. To be knit together in love. To be a new family. We are, in a sense, because we've all come from some kind of brokenness in our past, we are, in a sense, re, we re-family each other into God's way. It's into the way of God and the way of being a part of the family of God. We are we refamily each other into God's way and we are intended to grow into, you are intended to grow, I am intended to grow and mature into mothers and fathers of the faith for each other. Now you mothers are honored today and you deserve it. But discipleship, real discipleship, is your commitment to grow into a spiritual mother for many beyond your biological children. It may include them. I hope it does. It's true. This is a really, this whole idea of you being a mother of the faith or a father of the faith beyond even your own family. This is a radical way of thinking in a day where church membership is treated more like Costco membership than a family membership. You know, families, we as the family of God, we are joined by the bonds of blood. We are blood brothers and sisters by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what brings us together. Yet churches, many churches, most churches have replaced family relationships with a consumer kind of customer relationship. You know, we we kind of base it on and, and we appeal to this. What kind of services am I getting? Not what kind of love am I giving? You know, earlier Christians called each other brothers and sisters. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. They didn't call each other shoppers. No church. And, and we don't do this. I mean, and maybe we do a little bit almost, but we wouldn't put on the, on the, on the announcements. Attention, church shoppers. There's a friendship discount on aisle seven. We wouldn't do that. But in some ways, we kind of give in to that piece of the culture. And this is why you growing into a mother and father of the faith is so important in this age where people are really longing to become a part of a family that's real. This is why you need to do this so that you can become the family we all need, you need and I need in Christ. But how do we do it? Well, first of all, you got to start listening and hearing. That's what Jesus said. Start listening to God. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. You really, you're not just present. You're really hearing from God, letting God apply things to your life. And then you do it. You start listening and hearing, not just you stop talking and you listen. You pray this prayer, speak, Lord, your servant listens. Try that. And then you start doing. You start doing what he said. You know, the thing to remember is God is always speaking to you all around you through situations and people and circumstances, his word, through his church. 
And when God speaks to you and he reminds you of something like he is today, something he said, somebody he's reminded you of, what you do next says everything about what your relationship with God really is if you take him seriously. So you start listening. You start doing. You start trusting. Start trusting him. This is important because what you do next is a matter of whether you trust him. And then lastly, start loving. Remember, this is the goal. First Timothy 1.5 says, But the goal of our instruction is not, you know, how big of an empire we can build or how big the buildings we can build. The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. This is the goal of maturity. And this is how you become a mother of the faith. This is how you become a father of the faith. So what is the last thing God told you to do? And who has God told you specifically that you're going to have to love? Well, will you in faith commit right now to do it? Will you do that? That's your next steps for this week. Will you do that? You might want us to pray for you, and you can get to the link at the bottom of your screen. Those responses, you might say this and have us pray for you. You might say, I commit to do whatever God says to. I commit to do whatever God says. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, I commit to do whatever God says to mature into a mother or father in the faith. That's what you got to do. I need guidance on how to mature in love. And pray I mature to be a mother and father in the faith. We will pray for you about that. We will pray for you about that. Share this with someone. But I want you to be able to sing that old song too. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. But it's not just words. It's really true. Happy Mother's Day.